Well, good morning. We are coming to you a little early today. Um, we're actually recording this because Justin's going to be going on a mission trip, and we wanted to make sure we had everything done. That's how much we rely on Justin. We, we uh, have a little trouble doing it ourselves, so we really appreciate him. And, well, if it was left up to me, it wouldn't be done at all, because so, I don't have that uh, skill level just yet. So I don't, I don't even want to look at it. It scares me. So Well, um, we're glad that you're with us this morning, and also we want to let you know about VBS. It is coming up soon, and it's going to be two weeks from this Sunday, mm-hmm. um, July 12th through the 15th, and we want everybody to come out to that if you can. And look, please register for that. We want to make sure that we have enough of everything and we can accommodate everyone that's going to be here. So please make sure you try to register with that. So, yeah, that's going to be really important this year with all the social distancing and trying to make sure we have uh, enough room for everybody to spread out. So that would be a huge help to us. Absolutely. And one thing uh, before we get going uh, with this Bible study, this is going to be maybe a little different today. We're going to be bouncing ideas off of each other more than normal. Um, This is kind of how our process works for our Bible study. But this is something that you can do also from home. You can do this with a family member or a friend. And just pick a passage of Scripture. It doesn't have to be the whole chapter. and just be a little section and just talk about it with each other and see what's going on in that section. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoy doing this. Like I said, I, I, we've mentioned it a few times uh, when we do these um, uh, live streams and also when we, even in Sunday school class, I'll oftentimes say, well, Brett and I got together, you know, we talk, usually it's on Fridays when yep. we can do it. Uh, and so uh, that's helpful to me too. I appreciate that and just hearing some other people's thoughts because, you know, we all get our, our perspective of something. That's right. And to listen to somebody else and in the, in their perspective, it says, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that angle or I hadn't really focused on that that portion or whatever. So it's helpful when we do that. So. It is. It really is. That's how I am. I like hearing other thoughts and bouncing ideas off and yeah. really working through things. Yeah. So you may hear a little of that today because Brett and I are going to kind of, um, we hadn't gone over as much. This is Wednesday, so we haven't gotten to Friday yet. Um, and you're <laughs> seeing this on Sunday. So um, anyway, uh, all those things. It's, media is great, you know, being able to record and save things and do things ahead of time. So Absolutely. Yeah, a good blessing. So. Uh, anyway, so as you, we get started, do you want to open us prayer sure, and I'll, I'll kind of talk absolutely. a little bit about uh, what we talked about, how we're going to cover Sounds all this? Sounds good. All right. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word. And Father, thank you for our time together to talk about your word. Father, open our hearts and our minds to you. Father, help us to understand how important our relationship with you and with each other are. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives and our church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, as we start today's study, I just wanted to uh, let you know uh, the one of the themes that runs through this, this is a seven-week study. This is week number four, so we're halfway yes. through. Uh, and uh, in fact, uh, one thought just popped in my mind is we are planning to start our uh, in-person Bible studies. Again, as, again, this is fluid because of all the stuff going on. Uh, our plan right now is we start to slowly implement uh, new uh phases of what we used to do is uh, on July the 19th, so the week after VBS. VBS is two weeks from this Sunday, uh, and then the week after that, we're planning on doing all-ages Bible study. We'll have one preschool, one children, one youth, and then three adult classes. Uh, And so we've got Bob Vaughn, uh, Robert Byers, and Greg Lauterbach are teaching more topical studies. When we get all those nailed down, we'll let you know. We do know Bob Vaughn's going to do one on the parables. I'll talk about that here in just a second. 
but we're going to do that in person here um, at, at the church uh, starting the 19th. So we're going to be in some of the larger classrooms for the adults. You'll be able to just pick and choose where you go. It's not going to be our uh, necessarily your structured Sunday school class. And then again, if everything works as we have planned, uh, September the 6th, we'll start kind of back to our normal classes. Yeah. So um, so uh, we're still talking about Brett and I'll uh, have one more week of, of this Bible study on the 19th. Uh, that we'll we'll share, and then I will. I'm still hopefully going to do some kind of a live stream on Sunday mornings as well, because we know not everybody's going to be able to necessarily come back and and do Bible study. So I don't know. Right. Maybe Brett and I doing something together, or yeah. we're going to work out all those details. Yeah. Or I may just throw it to Brett and say, Brett's going to do all of it. Well, so, I don't mind helping. <laughs> so we'll we'll see what we do, but we do want to offer this as well. So with all that said, we do want to jump into our Bible study, and I was kind of thinking back over where we've been in this study. Again, we're doing this little study. It's a nice Mark study, Mark Deaver's church up in uh, Washington, D.C. is the, uh, the basis of what we do. And, and, and with any study uh, that, that we do, there's things that I, I really like about things they say and things that I'm kind of like, eh, that's not quite the way I would say it. So we've adapted this to where we are as a church right. and, and, and what we do as a church. Uh, I appreciate the, the Bible study that, that he's doing here and, and the material that he has. But just like most things, we, we're not changing what the Bible says at all, but uh, kind of how we view it here at, at our church. So just know that if you pick up this study, you're going to say, well, they didn't really talk about that, or he asked questions in a little bit of a different way, or you didn't address that. Well, because we're looking at it from a slightly different angle. Absolutely. So just like what Brett and I do as we talk about studies, we say, well, well, have you thought about this, or have you thought about that? Well, this is the same approach we take with this here. Yeah. But one of the themes that runs through this whole study uh, is the idea of the of the church, uh, the 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 body of believers. Uh, today's lesson is on the living church, uh, and we're talking about the need to grow in our faith. But the theme that runs through this is, yes, you are saved individually. So there's that individual aspect to our faith. But when you're saved, you enter into a body of believers, uh, both a, a large collective body of believers, all believers that are uh, have lived, are living, and will live, uh, as well as the collective body of believers that's alive on the earth today. But then also narrowing it down, and that's kind of where our focus yeah. is, is that you come to a local body of believers. For us, it's Emmanuel Baptist Church. Yeah. And you're a part of that collective body in, in, in a local sense. So we, we can be very individualistic as Americans. Absolutely. Uh, we're very consumer-driven. And, you know, even even on computers now, I don't know if the first time this happened to me, I thought, wow, that's kind of interesting. But, you know, I had just been looking at something, I think on Amazon or Google or something, and then all of a sudden these ads pop up right. that were the things that I was looking at. And I'm thinking, wow, what a coincidence. Well, that's not a coincidence. You know, they have all the algorithms and all that's the things they do, and they know what you've been looking, so they try to adapt to you individually what uh, you know what they're trying to sell you so um, it's it's interesting sometimes when somebody else will look up something on my computer and then I start getting all these things popping it's different up different ads say, yeah it's like you know <laughs> that wasn't me that was somebody else you just didn't know it um, but that's part of the society we live in is that we try to drive it to the individual yes. of what you like and of what you need of what you've researched and what you've looked and again that can be helpful in some ways yeah but uh, we have to recognize that the Christian faith and what we're taught in Scripture is that we are a part of a larger body. That's right. And so we're responsible for each other and to each other. Yes. 
so that's some of the aspect that we want to look at here and try to try to understand as we think about our Christian faith and our Christian walk is that it's not just about you. I mean, that was, you know, the great line from Rick Warren's book from 20 plus years ago now. Uh, the very first line was that it's not about you, uh, yeah. but yet we do think it's about us. And so we're trying to balance those those two ideas together. That's right. Uh, and so throughout this study the part of what we're talking about as a church is your need to be a part of a local body of believers preferably to have joined that church and to to be a member of that church and i recognize there's some people that aren't we looked at that a little bit last week mm-hmm. um, but it is important to say this is who i'm going to belong to and this is the i'm committed to you because when you put your name on the dotted line there and that's not just what you're doing when you join a church but you are saying i'm a part of this local body of believers I'm responsible to them. That's right. They're responsible to me, and so we're in this together. Yeah, that that companion mm-hmm. that you have, it's that partnership working together that you are definitely committed to helping each other. Yeah, and and, and that really is it's so That's important. Nice. It's a blessing. It can, you know for some people it can be a little scary, you know, but yeah. but it shouldn't be. It should be a, it, ultimately it's a blessing when done properly. But again, recognizing that we as people are fallible. So have there been bad church experiences? Have there been bad things that have happened because of membership? Certainly. We yeah, we yeah. recognize that. Um, but that shouldn't stop us from doing what we're biblically called to do. Right. And that is to be Come a part of a local body of believers, yeah. and and not to say, well, I'll just kind of pick and choose what I want to do here and there. You know, we we can't, we shouldn't do that with our Christian faith. Yeah. So, and so, one of the aspects we want to look at today, again, the the title for this one is uh, the Living Church. We're going to look at a passage from uh, Jeremiah to start with. So, if you have your Bibles, want to open up, you can. Uh, we'll read that in just a second. It's Jeremiah thirty one, and then another passage from First Thessalonians uh, chapter uh, one as well. So, you might want to. Look at those two, either open up your Bibles or scroll in your uh, phone or tablet or whatever you're using to look at those. We'll get there in just a second. But um, one of the things, one of the aspects of the the living church uh, is that the church is made up, uh, the the true church is made up of true believers. But even in a church, uh, there are people, not everybody that's a member of a church necessarily is a believer, a true believer. And I was thinking Bob Vaughn is teaching a Bible study. In fact, he's going to do it throughout uh, the whole semester, one of the uh, um, Bible studies that we're going to offer in person, and he'll keep recording them as well, is a study on the parables. Yes. So he's on parable number three or four right now, I think. It's a 13-week study. The very first parable that he did was the parable of the sower of the seeds. And if you remember the parable that Christ shares there, there's four places that the seed falls. Uh, One is the hard ground, and there are some people that hear the word and just totally dismiss it. The birds come and pluck it away. It never gets in at all. And so that that person, even though they've heard it, they've seen it, but it has made no zero effect on on their life at all because it's just been snatched away and they do nothing with it. But then there's the two middle soils, and the first soil is shallow soil. So it gets in uh, but it's not very deep, and just like this time, this time of the year, we see it often here in Alabama. It gets so hot, and the sun gets, you know, even though it's raining out now, which is good, but in those hot dog days of summer, the seed gets in, and then it starts to sprout up, but the heat just withers just it away. Just wipes it out. And so, you know, there are people in the Christian faith in the church that, uh, again, these aren't true believers, but they, you know, they get real excited, they get real pumped up, they're, they're, you know, they're just on fire, but then as soon as the first little bit of persecution or hardship or difficulty comes, it just scorches and, and they're gone. And not that they will never have a chance ever again to receive, but they're not true believers because as soon as a little bit of 
difficulty comes, they're gone. They're gone. Uh, we see that happen. The third soil is the soil that is the rocky or thorny, not the, the, not the rocky, but the thorny soil. And that is where uh, the weeds grow up, the yes. thorns grow up, and they start choking out the life. That good suit, that good seed. And we see that as well. That sometimes the uh, the cares of this world yes. uh, get in the way. Uh, what I always think of is is Demas. I'm doing a study on Sunday morning on Wednesday mornings right now in the podcast Wednesday afternoons on Second Timothy, and this is where Paul mentions mentions Demas. And Demas was somebody who was on fire and was serving, but then the world's the allures of the world got to him and he faded away. So uh, again, maybe he was a true believer and came back. We don't know. That's the last word we have on Demas is what we have in 2 Timothy. But we do know people that, and that's part of the parable of the soil, is that there are some people that the world comes in and starts choking away that faith, and they weren't really true believers because there was no real root there. Uh, They let the world pull them away. Yeah. I can see that happening so much, you know, with, with just the daily life can really get you going and get you down sometimes. Right. So Well, and sadly, in my ministry, I've seen so many, you know, and it hurts every time I see that happening, yeah. where you, you see somebody that it's taken, a, it's gotten in there a little bit, and you can see them, they, even they, they've even served in the church for a period of time, but then, no, the world just allures them away. The, the things of the world, they'd rather do that, and they just leave the faith. They, they yeah. leave. So again, that's, again, we don't know the ultimate outcome of that life. I'm not going to say that that person never has a chance to receive Christ and truly become a true believer. But from outward appearances, what we can reckon and what we can see, that person has, didn't really have a, a, a strong living faith. Yeah. Because then Christ talks about the fourth soil, and that fourth soil is the good solid soil that's well fertilized and cultivated, and it, the seed actually takes root yes. and grows. And so, you know, the, the scorching heat doesn't stop it from growing. The thorns and thistles don't keep it from growing. It has really taken root, and that person is going to believe. Not that they're perfect, not that they have never never do anything wrong, not that they never have doubts or times of uh, misunderstanding or whatever, but, but they grow, and they continue to yeah. grow and produce fruit. Yeah. So we, when we think about that, when we think about the church and our study here, I know I took a little time talking through that, but I think it's important for yeah. especially this study because we are called as believers. If we're talking collectively here, not just, well, I'm okay, so you do what you want to yeah. do, but that I'm responsible for Brett, I'm responsible for Justin in a sense, they're responsible for me because we're part of a, a body of believers, and the same is true of those out That's there right. uh, that are listening and hearing that we're responsible to each other, uh, that we need to encourage each other to grow, and we, we need to be accountable for each other and to each other. Yeah. So not just me saying, you need to do this, but you also sharing, hey, seeing things in my life and encouraging me. And accountability doesn't have to be a bad thing. It, it that's right. It doesn't have to be negative. Again, what Brett and I do on Fridays when we generally meet, that's an mm-hmm. accountability thing. Well, I know I have to have studied up a little bit and read <laughs> ahead of time. Sometimes I do it. Sometimes I'm a little behind. Same, same thing for him. Same here. But, but it's that accountability, and it's a good thing because right. then we're preparing ourselves to be able to teach a lesson you know, on the following Sunday. Yeah. So that, it's a good thing. It's a, and it's an encouraging thing to me. I enjoy that. I do too. So, and miss it when it doesn't work for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. So, so anyway, when we look at this study, I, I wanted to share that. So we're going to probably try to go through this here fairly quickly now, but uh, hopefully those are encouragements to you about what it means to be a part of the, the living church and the, and the growing church, because yeah. we need to be growing. We need to be on a trajectory of growth, not yes. that we never become a little stunted or maybe take a step back sometimes because of our sinfulness or because of things going on in our lives, but hopefully we're then moving forward because of 
we're we're in this together, and it's not just about me and what I can do. Right. So so let's jump into our text today, and we start with Jeremiah thirty one. I'm going to let Brett um, uh, read these verses, and we're just going to make a couple quick comments about that, and kind of move forward and really spend a little bit more time with the First Thessalonians passage. All right, verse thirty one. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, and um, not like the covenant that I had made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people." And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and his, each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. All right. Appreciate that. And a uh, couple quick things. Again, we're, uh, the question, basic question that they ask in this is, how does the old covenant differ from the new covenant yeah. that God is promising here? Um, and basically what I put down there is that the new covenant that we are under now, under the because of what Jesus Christ did for us, in a, in a summary way, is just that it's much more personal. Yes. Uh, it, it's it's not dictated so much by the the temple worship and or tabernacle at first and then the temple worship of mm-hmm. uh, the holy of holies and the and the artifacts uh, or the uh, instruments they use to do the worship the altar and the showbread and the table and yes. the lamps and all that but it has become much more personal yes um, but one thing every time I read this I'm reminded to say that uh, one misconception not to get from this is that this is teaching us that we don't need each other. In fact, I had somebody once tell me that was, you know, well, according to, you know, to uh, Jeremiah here, uh, that verse, it says, um, and no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each one his brother saying, know the Lord. They took that to mean that I just know it myself and I don't need you. That That's not what's being said here. Uh, and, there, and you always have to let scripture interpret scripture. Right. Uh, and so there are plenty of passages that talk about the need to, to be accountable to each other. And you cannot be a lone wolf. Um, and do just what you want to do and live the way you want to live and say, well, you know, we, we, we live individually for Christ now. I accept him as my Savior by myself, and I'm not relying upon anybody else. So this passage teaches me that I can know the Lord for myself. And and go on. And go on. You know, no, we, we, we are accountable to each other, even for knowledge. Again, I, even as a pastor, I need others speaking into my life on a regular basis uh, to to help me understand what I need to make sure I'm on the right track. Paul did that. Yes. And again, this is some of what we do. This is going on really off track of what the lesson is. But Paul did that. He was called by God. He was sent off to, he went back to his home for a while. It says it, from what we gather from uh, Galatians, uh, there was about a 14-year period before Paul began his um, ministry of um uh, going out on a missionary journey. One of the things he did when he came back to Jerusalem, he had had direct revelation from God, but he went and talked to the apostles to make sure that what he was hearing and what he was teaching was correct. Was correct. So even Paul, yeah. who had these divine revelations, had met Jesus on the road to Damascus, he could have very easily said, well, I've got this from God. That God said this to me, and I've heard people say that to <laughs> me before. You know, God told me, okay, let's make sure that you're really hearing exactly as you need to hear because it needs to be confirmed with others. Paul did that. 
Absolutely. And so, uh, again, and so I'm, I'm trying to be very careful about that. I never try to say, well, God told me, and, and I always make sure that this is something that is truly from Scripture and, and others are, are seeing and hearing that as well. Absolutely. So that's, that's just one misconception I've, I've had from this before is people saying, well, you know, God, this new covenant says that I'm my own individual and I know it. Nobody else can tell me any different. Now Scripture verifies that we need to, we're, we're still accountable to each other. And that's the point of this lesson yeah. is we are accountable to each other and, and we need each other to be growing. That's I need people prodding me to make sure I'm growing in my understanding and that I need to be prodding others. Again, Hebrews teaches us that. I'm yes. sorry, I've jumped all these other verses here. Um, but Hebrews says, you know, don't give up meeting as some are in the habit of doing, especially as the day comes closer. Prior to that, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, it says we need to spur each other on. We need to prod each other on toward love and good deeds. Yes. So we need people poking us sometimes. That's right. Uh, to get us going. Uh, Even if we don't like it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it, it doesn't, you know, it, it, it hurts a little bit, you that's know, right. to be prodded. Uh, and we don't have to do it in a negative way. It doesn't, it's not a... a, a a stick where you're hurting somebody, you're just a good horseman will use spurs to just you know, gently just nudge a horse and say, hey, get your attention and, and move forward. They don't do it to, to, to really hurt the horse. That's right. Uh, that's what a spur does. And that's what we're to doing. It's supposed to be in a, in a loving, gentle, kind, biblical way. Yes. So anyway, that went really off track from, from what But it the, makes sense because it's overall it's about growing. Right. And we, we need each other to grow. Right. And, and that's what this new part, really this is what this new covenant does for us from Jeremiah. It becomes very personal. Yes. Uh, in, in the sense that, you know, Christ comes into our hearts. You know, what, what he says here, he says, I'll put my law within them. I'll write it on their hearts. Yes. So it's not on a stone tablet anymore, the Ten Commandments, although uh, those are, the, the truths of those are still valid. But right. It becomes something internal more That's so right. than, than what they had before. So when we accept Christ, we do accept him as our personal Savior into our hearts, into our lives, which is different from the old covenant. But that was the process God has chosen to use. Yeah. You're no longer separated from that. Right. You know, it, it's here. I have it. But it it's something I can push to the side. It, it is within you yeah that's uh, I, I love that all right we can't compartmentalize things right. anymore um again people still try to do that but that's another discussion for another day so we're <laughs> going to move on with our study here because we do want to uh, stay within our time frame so as we think about this as we think about what the uh, what scripture teaches us about that personal relationship uh and and what that means to us under the new covenant um, there's a couple other passages of scripture here, uh, talking about the living body and the growing body. So, uh, there's two, one is first Peter chapter two, verse five, and the other one's Ephesians four sixteen. Brett, you can read one. I can read one. Sure. Which one do you want? I'll start with the beginning. All right. You get first Peter, then I'll do Ephesians, uh, verse, uh, chapter four, verse 16. But okay. think about what these are talking about, about growing together. So go ahead. First Peter two, five, Peter writes that you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. All right. And then Ephesians 4 says this. Uh, it says, Paul writes, the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Uh, the, the question that was asked in our study from these two passages, uh, it says, in these two passages, what expectation do Peter and Paul, um, sounds like a musical team there, doesn't um, But I'm sorry, um, one of those random thoughts, but uh, what expectation do, do, do Peter and Paul place on every member? 
So from these two verses, what are they saying is an expect, expectation of the church. Of growing, building up. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not exclusive to just these two passages. But there is an expectation that a body's going to grow. Yes. Uh, it's going to change over time. It's not going to stay exactly the same. And so if we're not growing, we're not doing what God has commanded us to do and what we should be doing. Yeah. So, so we need to ask that individually, yes. We need to ask ourselves, am I growing? But then we should also ask that in a collective way for the church. Is the church growing? And if the individuals in the church are growing, then the church body should be growing as well. That's right. So um, that that's what we're trying to focus on really today, about this living organism um, of the, the collective body of, and here primarily the local body, growing that's... together. So, you know, one of the things the book says here, it says, we've seen that God's new covenant creates a church composed of genuine growing Christians. So let's look at First uh, Thessalonians. We're going to end our time here, just uh, a couple truths from this passage. But First Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 through 10. So, Brett, do you mind I don't mind at all. Okay. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much uh, affection um, with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all believers in Macedonia and in Acadia, um, mm, Achaia. Sorry, um, for not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but from your faith in God has gone forth from everywhere, so that we need not say anything, for they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. All right, good deal. Um, uh, what we're trying to pull out of this passage, what we're looking at here, the question in the book was, how did the Thessalonians respond when Paul preached the gospel to them? Uh, and I just simply put down here, they, they received it. Yeah. They, they received the word, and not only did they receive it, but it, it impacted it, the way they lived their lives. They changed, yeah, it, it pushed them to do something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I love that passage there uh, in verse uh, 3 where it says, uh, in remembering before our God and Father your work of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfastness of hope. Uh, that, that faith, love, and hope that Paul you know, draws yeah. to quite often in, in preaching that fullness of, of all that we're supposed to do. So that, that work of faith, the labor of love, and the steadfastness of hope, that's what it worked in their lives. That's, uh, that's the, the impact that, that they made. So, and it was a growing thing. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I, I do like that. Um, how, you can totally see how they, they heard the word, they received it, the Holy Spirit moved within them, 
and and push them to do things. Yes. Yeah. And not only for them, but you know the the, the two cities are Macedonian and Ki. Um, it impacted beyond just the, right. the borders of their church. It wasn't just the Thessalonica area, but it was those other cities as well heard, and, and it encouraged them in their That's growth. Right. Yep. But your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. Mm-hmm. That, that's great. Yeah, wouldn't that be great if that was said of us as well? Oh, man. Uh, and, yeah. and, and I think it is. You know, th- this week, the reason we're recording this early yes. uh, this week is because Justin and some others from our church are going to Townsend, Tennessee to, to do a mission trip. Right. So they'll be, uh, when you're hearing this on, the, on Sunday, they're actually going to be ministering beyond the borders of Athens, beyond the borders of Alabama right. uh, into Tennessee to, to share the faith. And that's so right. others are going to hear that truth. Um, and, that's great. And, course so Emmanuel Baptist Church is actually going out into another state to make an impact that's great and and all of us do that wherever you go if you're a member here at our church you're taking our church out into wherever you you go and you're an example um to to others of of what faith should look like so you know that's something to to always think about you know when you go somewhere you're an ambassador yes you are an ambassador of Christ but of our church for Christ so, and that should encourage us and challenge yes. us in, in, in the way we're living our lives. So, um, a couple other quick things from this. And again, we realize um, we need to wrap this up to, to, to keep things on time because you're going to be watching this and getting ready to come to Sunday or to church. And we are going to have worship uh, at 10 o'clock. So, uh, a couple other real quick observations uh, about this. Um, one of the questions that... Um, that they ask again in the book is, you know, Paul observes that the Thessalonians received the gospel in much affliction. So, you know, it was difficult. It wasn't an easy thing for them. They were, it was hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, again, these were first generation believers. It wasn't like there was a church on every corner. Uh, and it wasn't just that there were just different denominations. There was no Christian church when they received it. So they they received it in much affliction and so the question here is, how does that testify to the genuineness of their faith? Uh, and the fact that when you can make it through those hardships, that shows that you truly believe what you are going to believe. That's right. uh, it goes back, really, I didn't think about that till just now, but that parable of the seeds. You know, the, the shallow soil, well, when the sun comes down, can you, can you withstand yeah. the scorching heat of, of persecution, of whatever that might look like for you? Can you... <clears throat> withstand the temptations of the world and and not letting that choke out your faith. You know, are you able to endure that and and get beyond that and be good, fruitful soil? So we see here the church at Thessalonica that they they did. That's that's neat. They were able to to, to manage to do that. Um, So as we wrap this up, we're going to try to wrap it up here in just a, a minute or two. You know, we've looked at several passages this morning. We looked at Jeremiah 31 the promise that God gave to the Israelites and really to us as well uh, as Gentiles, not Israelites, uh, is that faith would become more personal. It would be written on our hearts. And, of course, we realize that's what happened through Christ's Christ. death and resurrection uh, and, and the new way of receiving uh, through that new covenant of receiving uh, God and faith in him. Uh, the Ephesians 4 passage and even that First Peter passage we looked at, you know, that, that we're growing and maturing, the first Thessalonians passage we just looked at real quickly. Each one of us, each one of those passages teaches us that there's a living, growing aspect to our faith. That's right. Um, and so the the book here has a couple questions or, or challenges here at the end that I think are are um, good for us to 
to think about some what they call expectations and encouragements. You know, what should we expect from from each other? And I, I liked uh, some of the points they brought up here. Um, I'll just ask the question the way they, they worded it. Uh, it says, how should the expectation that church members are growing spiritually shape, and then they give some examples here, how should that spiritually shape the purpose of your small group meetings? Hmm. You know, when you gather together, and we're going to start back to our um, Sunday school classes here, how should that, the expectation that this is a place that we should be growing in our faith, even what we're doing right here, I know you're viewing us through a computer screen or a TV screen or something like that, but yet this is a small group, this is a group of, of studying, That's right. how should this affect you? Should it just be, I'm getting some knowledge in my head? Uh, am I just hearing some new good things, or should it impact your heart to where you're living in a different way? Right, encouraging you to to go forth. Yeah, to be different yes. in the way you live your life, um, and to be different in a good way. Absolutely. So our small groups should not just be good, fun social gatherings. They should be spurring us on to become stronger in our faith. Yes. Uh, now, the social aspect is great, and that's wonderful. That should be part of it, but it should be more than that as well. Yeah. Um, a couple other things they say, we won't spend as much time on this, but here's a good question. Um, the expectation that we're growing spiritually, what should you do on Saturday nights in preparation for Sunday? Hmm. Uh, that's when I ask all the time, you know, Sunday morning doesn't start at, you know, nine o'clock when you come or eight forty-five when you come to Sunday school, what did you do the night before? How many times have I heard, well, I was just too busy Saturday, you know, Saturday just wiped me out so I couldn't be at church on Sunday. Well, if that's a normal occurrence and a regular occurrence, you know, do you need to adjust what you're doing on Sunday? Um, on Saturday to... Yeah, on, sa- yeah, on yeah. Saturday to get there on Sunday. Yeah. Should you be thinking about Sunday and Saturday? Yeah. And sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. So, but that I thought that was a good question. You know, if you're going to be growing in your faith, yeah. uh, it, it should you, affect what you're doing Monday through Saturday. That's right. How you're preparing for... Yeah, and, you're, and not that it's just about Sunday, but how you... The question really here is how is it impacting your worship and your worship of God? Are other things taking priority? Yeah. So, um, tell you what, why don't you just read the other ones? If you want to make a few comments on the sure. last ones he puts here, you can, and then we'll dig into that last question for just a minute. How should your expectation that members are growing spiritually shape how the church's elders or other leaders shepherd the church? And then also conversations after church. Now. And what the church's life looks like throughout the week. How did these lessons about corporate growth together translate into the rest of the week? That, that's interesting there. You know, all week long, are you doing things to grow, to help build up each other during the week with the Bible studies? Are you involved, mm-hmm. really? Yeah, is what you do on your worship day, which is Sunday for most of us, uh, how is that making a difference in, in in the rest of the week? And I, again, we need to be thinking about that because this is a 24-7 right. activity. We shouldn't compartmentalize our... Just Christian to this work, one, yeah. one day, one hour. Yeah, one time, yeah. Yeah. So, so there should be an expectation of growth yes. and how it impacts all of our... And that's really what these questions are getting at the heart of is um, how your faith is impacting the way you live your your daily life. Yes. So, and then the other side, the flip side of that is, you know, uh, what are some ways that you can encourage spiritual growth in in other church members? Um, 
and, and they gave some examples here, uh, church members who are struggling financially. Yeah. You know, can we, yeah. you know, do we have a responsibility for them to help them out? Yeah. And that's one thing, that's one thing I think our church is good about. And I know others probably are as well, but my context is Emmanuel Baptist Church. I appreciate um, how um, caring and kind a lot of people are to help others, you know, that with, with finances when they have that ability. That's great. So, um, <clears throat> Some of the other areas were, you know, um, again, how can we encourage spiritual growth in church members who are not only struggling financially but are busy and under pressure at work, uh, especially during this time of pandemic, you know, that, that this has changed a lot of things we do. Uh, people that are overwhelmed at home with young children, how can we be helping yeah. each other? Uh, who are physically ill, uh, who are dealing with the death of, of a loved one, such as a spouse or a child. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you know, we're we, today we have Louis Smith, one of our charter members of our church, has passed yes. away. Where there's yeah. families that are hurting, there's people that are hurting That's because right. of that. We've had a, a lot of that lately. Yes, so, we have. Uh, you know, we have a responsibility for each other, and then also um, who are gifted in their knowledge and ability to teach the Bible. I think at the heart of each one of those questions, so I want to read those, and and those are just prompting us. There's more questions that mm-hmm. can be asked. But the, the whole point of that is um, we're put in positions. Sometimes we need to be ministered to. Sometimes we're in that position of you know financial need or, or, or emotional pain because of a death of a loved one or uh, a job situation or struggling at, at home for whatever reason because of the demands or whatever. So sometimes we need to be ministered to, but how can you minister to others as well? Yeah. Uh, when you're in a position uh, that you have the ability to do that, what are you doing? Because, again, part of the point of this lesson, part of the point of this whole study uh, is that it's about us yeah, as a body of believers and how the church should work and cooperate together. And encouraging each other to function at a higher level. Right. And growing. Yes. That's the whole point of this lesson, being a living body. A living body is growing and changing. And so we need to be doing that. So we want to encourage you with that this week. We know we've gone just maybe a little long, but um, we appreciate you uh, taking time to watch this and pray that this will be a blessing. Uh, Be in prayer for our Townsend team. That's going to be, as you watch this, they're going to be out in the mission field working. Uh, so we got about eight or nine, ten from our church that are going up there to work. So pray for them. Uh, remember VBS, sign up for yes. that. Like my book's in the way there, so I'll let you see that. Uh, VBS is coming up. We want to make that the best it can be. Uh, a lot of things happening. Absolutely. And, um, you know, pray that we can continue to um, gather and do all that we're doing because we do know that there's still some uh, uncertainty with what the coronavirus is going to do. That's and, very true. And until we get a vaccine or whatever we need, it's going to be um, still iffy on, on how things operate. That's right. But let me close with a word of prayer. Thank you for joining us and I pray that this has been a blessing to you. We look forward to sharing with you next week another aspect about what it means to be a part of the church. So let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the um, encouragement you give to us, uh, the expectation you have to for us to grow. And that means working, uh, letting you work in us, but then also you working through us as we encourage and help others. So help us to be growing uh, and, and being allowing others to help us to grow uh, along the, the journey that you've called us to. So help us as a church collectively to do that as well. Help Emmanuel Baptist Church to be a church that is growing uh, as we change to the surrounding community and the, surround, the, the different times we live in, let us bring glory and honor to your name in all that we say and do. It's in Christ's most holy name we pray these things. Amen. Amen.